Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Welcome back to Fright School. Hello, Joe. Hello, Joshua. Good evening. Good evening. Yes, exactly. It, it's not the evening now. It's uh, in the morning, Sunday, but it's always night now. We have to. We have. It's to, always night. Yes, now that we're part of the Hollywood elite. Apparently, because <laughs> it's always night. Be. Always in the evening. Oh my gosh, dear listener, welcome back to another exciting episode of Fright School and another in our series of guest lecturers. Joshua, what is the drink in your hand? Uh, this is a rum and coke today. It's real simple. Ah. Yeah, rum and coke. I'm drinking a black cherry rum soda. And, rum and cola. And we are happy to welcome a very special guest, one of my favorite people in the whole world, Laura. Hello. Hello, Laura. Who is drinking what? Well, if you want to say Black cherry and vodka. Black cherry and vodka. It's delicious. Black cherry and vodka. I don't know how they make that. Black cherry and vodka. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, we are excited today to have Laura with us in the studio. Thank you for taking time out of your day to Yay. visit with us and be on, be on the Fright School as one of our, what we call a guest, guest lecturer. I'm expecting to be discovered. That's why I'm here. Yeah. Uh, hey. I'd like to spend we'll this into an endorsement later. deal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you become famous, like, you can't sue us I for anything it. you say on this I would podcast. never sue that you anyway. <laughs> Ride my coattails, boys. Ride my coattails to the top. <laughs> yes. So, uh, uh, I love a good top. Uh, <laughs> there we go. We're already there. We're already in. Laura is one of my favorite tops, and that's why she's here. Yeah. Mm, she's such I am a, top, a gay man. For sure. yeah, yeah. In a lot of ways. <laughs> uh, so we are excited today because we are going to discuss the 2002 British apocalyptic zombie horror film known as 28 Days Later. Laura picked this to discuss, so we'll dive into that in a little while. But first, as usual, we want to just talk to you about kind of how you got into horror, how you became a horror hound, and um, or splatterpunk, or gore hound, or whatever your particular, you know, horror uh, nomenclature is. Um, I like splatterpunk. Can I can I just say it feels sexy. Can I just <laughs> say that every time I use the phrase my friend every time I explain the podcast to someone I'm like yeah my friend Joshua is like this lifelong fan is a horror hound they every time I explain that to a horror person they look at me like I've never heard that before I want to I'm like so we're putting That's it true. out there in Good. the in the ether in the yeah. in the zeitgeist hopefully it's taken off uh like a horror sherpa you know which is just <laughs> dominating sherpa dominating horror the uh, sherpa I like that <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Josh was so tired from carrying me. <laughs> yes. Um, but anyway, so yeah, we just, we want to kind of start there. You know, if you remember the very first horror movie that you ever saw and then, you know, the first one you kind of saw. It. Let's start with that. Like, like, how did you find horror? Would, the first, <laughs> the first horror movie I ever saw was the news because I grew up in <laughs> the 80s during the Reagan administration. But yes. the first notable like thing was Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Because it was fucking scary to like a five, six year old. Um, because people at school would talk about it, not because I'd seen the movies per se. Because they'd be like, Yeah, he rapes and fucking kills a bunch of children and it's crazy <laughs> and you're a child and you're like, One, two, Freddy's coming for you and you're like, Oh shit. <laughs> That shit's scary. And then I saw it. So you hadn't even seen it just from hearing. Then wow. I saw it and I was like, holy balls. It was so scary to me then. Now it seems ridiculous that How I was scared. How old were you? 
my God, I couldn't have been more than like six. When you first saw it? It's like 84, yeah. right? Yeah, I was it like came out six. in 84. Yeah. So. Well, would six you, or seven. Would you have gone, to, you wouldn't have been taken to the theater to see no. it. So you would have been like I me where you didn't see house. it. Yeah, until it was like on video. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The first movie I ever saw that was, it's kind of considered horror. I mean, I guess it's horror. I feel weird about calling Alien horror but that comes up a lot yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw it but I saw Alien and I was like holy shit yeah. I will watch anything A with a badass woman in it like Sigourney Weaver who seems really smart smarter than everyone else anyway Yeah, and B smart like, enough to not get got right <laughs> right well and I like the idea of not introducing the antagonist fully yeah and that, that became a horror thing that I'm a big fan of, of where you're not quite sure what you're facing yeah until suddenly holy fuck, you've pissed yourself, and you're like, most of us would just die. Like, yeah. right there. Well, that's what makes Jaws work, yeah. and, and what oh, yeah. makes Alien work I so well. Just rewatch Jaws. I think it's interesting, because we have another episode, I, I don't know, not sure yet where, how these are going to be released, but we invited, you know, Johnny on, and he also talked about Alien, and I think it's interesting, mm -hmm. because you share the sci-fi mm -hmm. geekery yes. as well. You know, you're a big, you like Star Wars, Star Trek, is that? I, I like... Star Trek more than I like Star Wars. Really? Okay. I enjoy watching Star Wars. It's entertaining to me, but I wouldn't mm -hmm. call myself a like a, a fanboy type of Star fan. Wars. But you do. But yeah. you do. But still, I you, enjoy it a lot. Yeah, you but. like it. So it doesn't surprise me that Alien keeps coming up in some of our conversations oh, yeah. where there's that intersection with sci-fi. Oh you know? yeah, I love all of them. Event Horizon, like all of the movies where and Event Horizon is not oh, even the best, Horizon, yeah. but it's I, I like those kind of movies, especially in space. Jason in space, as stupid as I knew <laughs> it was going to yeah. be, I, I was like, I can't fucking wait to watch that movie. <laughs> like, I love the, I, I'm much more scared of post-apocalyptic and space stuff than I am most like slasher movies. Have you ever seen the movie Cyborg? Uh, yes, I have, and it's hilarious. <laughs> I've seen the movie Cyborg, and yeah. that's see, that's the thing. It's the funny. I saw it on TV, and like I forgot what we were doing. We were doing something in my house, and, and I was like, "What the fuck is this movie?" And mm -hmm. then it be, and then it just got nuts. And I'm like, "Ooh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's crazy." The human condition mixed with science um, and knowledge that you haven't earned is something that's like a common thread of horror for me. Yeah. I'm far more scared. Just like the movie we're going to talk about, I'm actually more scared of humans than I am the disease. Say that one more time. I'm more scared of humans than I am of the <laughs> disease. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like what you said right before, like about... Um, which part? Like the conditions or... The human condition and yeah, knowledge they, we haven't earned. Okay. Knowledge okay. we haven't earned. I like earned. that a lot. Like yeah. no, real knowledge comes through discipline. You can discover something, but it doesn't mean you have the discipline to understand it and mm -hmm. to properly look at it just like nuclear power we blew yeah. it up to understand it yeah that shows me we didn't have the proper knowledge right. to deal with what we were dealing with um because the the fallout itself yeah is, well, we're such is a, terrifying we're such an accident prone species we, we happened accidentally we and we, <laughs> we yeah we stumble a lot we yeah, stumble yeah. along and and that's where all my empathy for humans come from actually because yeah. we stumble along and create really stunning amazing beautiful ugly often things but but that i think is a real like other creatures have had as much time to evolve and haven't mm -hmm. you know what i mean like haven't created these things they haven't even before humans had as much control over the earth they haven't created the things that we have oh my god sorry joe You're that's fine. okay <laughs> i'm i'm a i'm a gesticulator yeah so, me too yeah. that's that's why we had to get this so i could like float i'm like i'll go this way yeah, right. but yeah, um, <laughs> it's all right. People but yeah, are used to that. I'm more scared of. I'm more definitely more 
amazed and also terrified of human beings. And space is not scary to me because it is what it is. If it, I, yes, I'd be scared of giant tentacly aliens came down. I mean, duh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I do have a mammal. I have survival instincts. You wouldn't be right. there in like the in, in, no. um, in Independence Day, like take me with you. No, no, no. Oh and, yeah, like what's no her face? Mars Attacks is a much yeah. better example in my opinion because it's much funnier. But mm-hmm. but yeah, like no, yeah, take me with you. No, that wouldn't be me. I would be like, I knew it, you know. You would be like a net bending gonna, in Mars Attacks right. with their crystals. It's like, right. yeah, yeah, I'd be the one going, I knew it, but I'm just going to chill here until I see how this plays out. Yeah. You yeah. know, Smart. I'm not going to be the first person to run into it. We were. It's funny because I was just talking with someone, uh, my roommates, my fiance Butch and my roommate Haley, and we were talking about like, how long would it take you to accept that something was happening? Mm. Like the zombie apocalypse or whatever. Or, or if, God forbid, God is real. And all that <laughs> weird shit in the Bible happens from my perspective. Yeah. I, that shit keeps me up at night because I grew up Southern Baptist. And right. I'm like, what if that shit turns out to be true? It's oh, going to be What if the preacher was right? Oh, shit. oh, oh I think God. About that too. I, you know, you can't help but think about it if you have a, if, you're, if your yeah. formative years, that was shoved into the yep. creation of the synapses of, of higher thought. Yeah. There's no fucking way. Yeah. There's always that inkling because, you know, or, or it's just, yeah, it gets ingrained, even though like right. the, the, the aware mind, the conscious mind goes, this is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Let's not you even go here. It. But do you have those moments where you're like, oh my God. And you're like, what? I don't, why do I say that? I don't even know why I say that. You know? That's why but, I love possession shit. Like all those yeah. movies I love. And we, I forgot what we were watching actually that made me, us talk about that. But I was like. I would want to wake up and go, okay, this is what's happening. Like, I, I'd like to think my mind wouldn't snap because I've read so much fiction. Yeah. That some of my brain accepts the possibility. And I always analyze the possibility of anything I'm reading. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm an escapist to a point. But, like, I like to know, like, huh. Like, everything I read, I'm like, how likely is this? Yeah, we had kind of a, a similar conversation in the early, one of the second or third episodes where we talked about life after death or whatnot. Oh, and and, and, yeah. and I, the part of me that loves, like, all of these books that we're surrounded with and all these movies that we're surrounded with is that there is definitely part of me that wishes it was real. You know, there's part of me that wishes I could be immortal or wishes yeah. I could fly or wishes there were mermaids oh, yeah. or wishes that there were was a god and that there was right. justice in the end and yeah. that there was karma in the end, you know. Or that there's a reason for evil. Or that, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that, that there's something to explain. Yes, I want nothing more than magic to exist. I just don't yeah. see that it could, you know, I because that's in, you know. So I want to believe. I'm ready. I'm, I'm a believer as well. You know, if something happens. I would like, like, I would like to believe. Um, but I also think for me, it's, I, I have made a space. Fantasy was the first thing that ever grabbed me. Yeah. So there's no way I'm never going to be a total, like, I can't believe ever kind of yeah. person I think like there's a little seed of me that only attached to fantasy because I needed to because I came from a really troubled kind of early childhood and yeah. it was like I needed to believe the world could be better or that I could manifest that something inside could, yeah. myself escapism. to yeah. get out of my circumstances yeah. and I can't get rid of that because it's so tied to who my personality is now that I'll never be a total skeptic all 100% yeah yeah like there'll always be a little part of me that might say logic I accept my logic and I move forward with it doesn't mean in my heart like in the in this some part of my being, there's always this maybe like. Yeah, totally. So I listen. I listen to all the crazy stories. Never found one yet that's believable. Yeah. But I'm like, damn. And I do believe in ghosts and all that stuff, but only from the context that people believe they're real. So there's something happening, whether it can be explained by science or not. There's something happening that people believe that this is real. So I believe them. I believe that what you saw, what you believe you saw, was real to you. 
And it's only then I think we can understand what actually happened. Yeah. You have to accept, but it's like accepting what a survivor or a victim tells you. You have yeah. to accept what's being said. Then you can work backwards and figure out what's causing it. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's I like science. That. I don't like, I don't like the negation. A real, I think someone who appreciates science doesn't negate ideas. <laughs> they just say, well, let's see if we can prove it. And if, like, like, let's see what, what this could be, how we can explain this. You're, you're trying to find an explanation, not just say none of these things are possible because at this point we don't have the knowledge. It's like, no, that's part of it. But part of it is saying anything's possible. Let's just see what the laws are around us. Absolutely. So are you saying that, you know, because of your upbringing and because you're not like 100% skeptic or you'll never be fully skeptic, are you, do you accept people who have religion? Like, do you accept people who believe? I do. I accept that they believe it, mm -hmm. and I think that matters more than anything. See, I, I brought that up because specifically, like, one of the... I, I dated a guy for a little bit who was so... was a, such a staunch atheist, yeah. like, was one of those atheists that's like, oh, people and their magic but being in the sky, like, he would call them idiots and stuff. And, right. and to me, I was like, even though as someone who, like, is raised Catholic... And doesn't go to church anymore. I still like it's still in t it's still ingrained in my culture. It's still ingrained in my family. Right. So it's like, how do I how do I reconcile that? And then like you know, and this I'm like, okay, well, this person obviously is never going to go meet my meet my family right. because we're going to sit down to a meal and he we're going they're going to want to pray and he's going to like scoff or laugh or right. make fun of them or something. And like, I think it requires perspective. Like, mm -hmm. I, I think you have to have perspective. There are people who have silicone dolls that look like humans and they are attributed to being humans by certain people and they treat them like family members, lovers, whatever. And some people laugh or think that's disgusting or think it's horrible. I just think it makes sense because this person needed this need met and the need was met. Some people would say, Oh, I can't believe you're comparing those two things. I feel like it's very similar. That's yeah. why I have empathy for We're all talking about of like, those. Uh, like a Lars and the real girl situation. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I are, are women who think like, who actually can develop pregnancy symptoms because they believe they're they're pregnant? Yeah, like Mind we we our yeah. our minds have manifested. Yeah. Like if you think We're you're being powerful. burned, you can you can actually your body can create a wound, mm -hmm. whether you're being burned or not. You know, so it's like insane. Like our brains can convince us of a lot of things. I'm not going to tell anybody who f derives. If you're deriving peace and hope and you're not bringing anyone else down, the difference to me is what you do with it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I have empathy yeah. for your beliefs. Up until the point your beliefs start to relate to controlling others or yeah. holding other people down, then fuck you and your beliefs. Yeah, that's what yeah. I, I always tell people. They're Amen. like, they're like, <laughs> it's. I feel like some people they come out to, they come out to me, quote unquote, as right. like Christian or what. I'm like, I'm like, fine, go ahead, believe in Jesus, whatever. But the moment that you start coming for my rights or the, yeah, know, like amen. That, you, you yeah. might, you might want to check I will fight yourself. you tooth and nail, and I don't yeah. give a fuck about your God. Like, I, I honestly don't give a fuck about anyone's God. And I don't mean that in the flip. That'll be the pull quote for the title. I, I, don't, I don't give a, a fuck, fuck about anyone's God. I don't give a fuck about anyone's God. I don't care if you have one or you don't. That's certainly a personal choice. And yeah. I think there's way too much talking about people's personal choice when it comes to faith. Mm -hmm. um, uh, growing up in an evangelical Southern Baptist type in fucking North Georgia, yeah. like it, with a, literally a church on every street corner, it felt like. Um, there and plus there was no help for people like the government didn't help people. If you're, yeah. if your trailer burned down, you were fucked mm -hmm. and there yeah. was no jobs unless you worked for the, the carpet factories or the, or Conagra. And they, um, there were people, immigrants were getting paid far less and getting treated even worse yeah. to take those jobs. So it was like, people were fucked. And the only people get like, if your trailer burned down, where did you go? You went to someone's church. Yeah. The church would give you clothes. The church would give you food, sometimes a place to live, money, like mm -hmm. a place for your children to go. Yeah. Sometimes health care, depending on the church, how much money it had. So it's like, I get why people believe 
they they're believing in what they can see. Yeah. Yeah. They're believing in something tangible, which is that the church helps them. Yeah. Whether or not God is involved in that process, you have to say you believe that. And maybe you convince yourself because it's easier to convince yourself you believe it than to force yourself to do it whether yeah. you believe it or not. Yeah, I had a friend who who like spent six months of his life going to he like lived in Kentucky, in rural Kentucky working for this Catholic charity. And it and he remembers saying, like, you know, this was at this was like at the height of the of all of like 2000, early 2016 going into the election. And it was one of those things where it was like having lived there, he can understand why those people who were just mm-hmm. completely nice and affable and, you know, would would, you know, do what it is that, you know, do what it is that he knows that they did, uh, which is vote for him. But, he, but, but because it was so. Um, it was so ingrained in the church because they had the church was that center of life. It's what kept it's yeah. what kept the town alive. It's, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's helped communities in America for a long time, and that's helped is a relative term, mm-hmm. obviously. Like it's actually helped some people, but it's also hurt a lot of people. Like this is the same church. These same churches that will help you if your trailer burned down are the same ones that send people to like conversion camps. Yeah. So it's like it, obviously the damage done does not. Yeah. Uh, it's not undone by like helping someone whose trailer yeah. burned down or like who needs a little help because their mom is sick or whatever. Right, yeah. Like doesn't undo that. It's but these churches who, you know, are feeding, who are out right. there like giving charity and feeding the poor that are also yeah. a part of like, yeah. you know, systemic genocide in right. order to create California. <laughs> right. And that's yeah. a dude. I mean, and even as far as now, like I'm queer, my brother is gay. We grew up in a place where it's not okay to be those things. No one said anything. No one said, don't be gay. Don't be, it. that was never even, it wasn't even brought up. That's when you knew it probably wasn't a good thing. Yeah. You never even heard about people being gay. I never heard, I didn't hear the words, you know, and like, I'm not going to use the words, but I didn't hear like the, the, the words, epithets, the epithets yeah. towards gays when I was growing up, except from other kids, right. no adults yeah, 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 I yeah. ever heard, but this is a Southern thing where and at home, what you're hearing is far different than what you hear. Oh, bless your heart. Oh, ble- bless Oh, it. darling. Oh, he's musical. Oh, he's musical. Oh, yeah. my God. I remember that. That's what we got. Yeah. Artistic. He's musical. He's artistic. He's very oh. artistic. He's artistic. Are those like euphemisms? Um, yeah. That's what I grew bless up with. Bless his heart. Yeah. He's so fancy. I wanted to comment a little bit because I do. it is interesting because, yeah, when I was growing up, and then we're so far off already, way off the off the beat. This is path. real okay. world. But it is. That's what we're talking about. You knew about. this was going to happen. Yeah. But, um... You know, the church is where I first learned to sing. You know, I didn't have access Amen. to instruments. Same. I didn't have access to Hallelujah. money. To, you Praise know what Jesus. I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So you learned, like I was in church plays and I was on stage in church and I could mm-hmm. sing. And, you know, that's where you really found that. And a lot of the foundational of the way that I write music is really part of those like Southern Baptist hymns yeah. and stuff, you know, and the gospel music that like, you know, you grew up singing. Which are in the blues as well. Like yeah. it's, it's oh, really difficult 100%. not to love it. Like absolutely. some of it. Absolutely. You know, so it's just interesting that, you know, yeah, the church giveth and the church taketh away. Oh, amen it's like to I that. grew up to that. And then when Matthew Shepard died and what, whatever opinion you have of why Matthew Shepard was murdered, you know, cause I know there's all those exposés now gay. saying, Oh, it has nothing to do with him being gay. It's about gay. math or whatever. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> in 1990, what was seven, 98, 99, I think 99, whatever, when he was murdered mm-hmm. and that was front page news of, the, the dominating narrative was queerness. And I remember going to yeah. the church and saying, you know, this is awful. And like, what? Cause I didn't know either. Up until that point, like I had no idea until Matthew Shepard was murdered, that there was any yeah. problem with gay people, Same you know, here. that the church, cause I'd been part of church my whole life. They came in, they picked you up on the bus. It was free child care for the weekend for yeah. my mom. You know, they took us away for a week or two for Southern, you know, for, uh, vacation babble school. I remember VBS. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, so I have many plaques yeah. from being able to recite the Bible. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Lots. <laughs> 
lots of little <laughs> little things. But so it's like, you know, you never had any idea. And I went to them and I'm like, you know, why are they? Yes. Uh, exactly. Yeah, it's. I love it. Well, it's got the whole language. But I remember going to like the church leaders that, like, you know, and asking like, what, like, what is this all about? And they're like, well, yeah, it's wrong to be gay. I'm like, but they murdered somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and my church was kind of like, they didn't know really how to answer. I went, mm, I walked out the next day and I didn't yeah. go back. I didn't go back. Mine was that. similar, but not quite. It wasn't from Matthew Shepard. was earlier. Mm-hmm. I was still in high school. And I, I was had, like 11 or 12. Yeah, I was, so. well, like we have an age difference. So probably yeah. not that different. Brian, yeah. probably around the same time. Yeah. But um, I was in high school and I, I can't honestly say I ever truly believed. I did try. I used to pull my hair out. I would pray. I'm like, why can't I believe this? Like everyone around me believes this. And they, they fight. They were making me go to like trips and convince people in Jamaica who were really poor to believe, you know, that their lives were going to be better because of Jesus. It was horrifying to me. And I was, I was secretly reading books like from eight years old and up about the Catholics murdering people everywhere. And I'm just like, you get, you don't get food until you learn about Jesus first, which could be hours. Like, and they put food in front of your face. And then tell you, you can't eat it until you hear a Bible lesson. And I'm just like, Jesus, like, what is wrong with these people? And I thought it was an anomaly at first. Then they wouldn't answer my questions. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then I started to realize they're not going to answer your questions. And the only book of the Bible I liked was Revelations. And I knew that's not a good sign. It's because it's an awesome horror story. I know. <laughs> For me as a Christian, I'm like, mm, this is not a good sign that this is the only thing I like. Because it's there's it's a, like a fantasy novel. And I'm just like, I love this. Absolutely. Yeah. I read it every Sunday, like yeah. two or three times. The, the sermons were horribly boring to me. But the other thing I found, I derived no hope. I did when I was little because I grew up, you know, abuse, you know, sexual abuse, neglect, all kinds of shit. And all of a sudden I get older, I'm eight years old and I'm not scared anymore because yeah. they're telling me that some, that people love me no matter what. Right. And the church was supposed to love me no matter what. Nobody matched the ideology they, they, they threw at me. So I, I started to be suspicious. Um, and when you're a survivor, you develop like survival techniques of like starting to be what everyone wants. It's much easier to do that. I was very much people pleaser, the best Christian you ever saw because I kept my mouth shut. Right. Believe it or not. Kept my mouth shut most of the time. That's why I talk so much now. I was so quiet. <laughs> not at home, but at home, but like right. I was, they couldn't shut me up totally. at home. But at church, I was just like, okay, this place sucks. But then what, what made me split was I, I, I remember it was Easter and I was wearing a really cute dress. It was sleeveless. I had never gone sleeveless before, Joe, as a teen. Scandal. I know. And I was in a really cute dress and I remember. I was sitting in the balcony because I could sit in the balcony when I was a teenager. It was very exciting. I was almost out of high school, so they're like, oh, I was an adult. I could sit in the balcony. So I'm sitting in the balcony, and I'm listening, and that's when the, the no gay thing started. It was yeah. like, it was like date in your own creed. I'm like, so I can't date other religions. And then it was love. It wasn't date. It was love. Right. Now, whatever fucked up background I come from, none of it, none of it has like lacked like this idea that you're supposed to love, that love is important because I didn't have it enough. Right. You know, and when you don't have it enough, you think all you can think about, like if you're me, is you kind of go in a couple of directions, right? You either go in the direction of there is no love, so fuck it all, like, you know, towards becoming a sociopath or thinking you are. Yeah. Um, and it's more that people think they are than they actually are. But you have to numb those emotions because you're trying to. I went the opposite way of I'm going to try to collect as much love as possible and hoard it. Like, just so that I'm never alone. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, why would you tell anyone that you can limit who you love? You can't love. You can love, this, you can love the person, but not the sin. If the sin is who they are, then you're telling me I can't love somebody. Right. And 
I didn't like that. I, I was like, no, because I, I didn't know I was queer. I knew I was weird, but I didn't know I was queer. And I was having fucked up thoughts. And we've yeah. talked about this before. Like, yeah, yeah. fucked up sexual fantasies because I made everything wrong. So everything that happened to me was horrible in these fantasies. And th- mm-hmm. There was no enjoyment. There was no, like, mutual exchange. Because all I knew was it needed to be private, secret, or forced yeah. for it to be okay. The only way that I, you know, was like join a cult and have sex with everyone. That's how I can have sex with women. Like it was the like fucked up ideas. And this came from church. I'm trying to start a cult, Laura. I'm in, you know, (laughs) can I sleep with everyone? Yes, of course. Consensually though. This is like a consent. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely, (laughs) but this is why like to, to bring it back. Right. So this is, this is why I love, (laughs) how dare you? (laughs) Yeah. This is why I love, um, Joe's being me right now. Bring it, pulling us back. Anything post-apocalyptic or anything zombie related, because Mm -hmm. it's never about, it's never about the issue. It's never about the cause or what it's always about us. Like the walking dead, we are the dead. Like it's not, it's not them. It's us. So, in the film, you know, not not to roughly go into the film, but is like, that what we're doing now? We're going to translate over. We're, tr- we're transitioning into <laughs> okay. the film. But I, I would like to transition to the. I film. just I, well, okay, that's fine. I mean, I did want to ask. Like, but, we got we got we so could, far off. We, we have but, we have time, so you know, continue. I, no, I just wanted to ask because this is awesome. Like, great for say. I hope that you'll come back and we'll do oh, more absolutely. more episodes. But, she you know, is coming back. Yeah, absolutely. You, you have the distinction of being like the first like a woman identifying person to be on the show, even though we've been talking about feminism in horror, trying to get in, you know, like more. So we're happy to have you. We've had the, the the critique of Mm. where, where are the women? Where are the women? Lots of male voices. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's like, yes, we're, we're both. Which is hilarious because I know both of you. (laughs) Exactly. We're both like, you know, we're both in the community, in the LGBT community, but, but, at the same time, we're also, you know, we can't help but I, we're identified as cisgendered male. I mean, mm-hmm. I do. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Identified cisgendered. So we're glad to, for you to be the first. Uh, <laughs> don't you question my gender identity? <laughs> no. Uh, so real quick, my just gender back identity to the, is for me to question. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so just to go back, um, and I, what was I going to say earlier? Oh, being an atheist with yeah. believer dreams. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> you know? it. Yeah. But, um, but just to kind of bring it back into the horror, I'm, I'm wondering, like, what was the first horror that's film? That's funny. We were talking about church, and he says, now to bring it back to the horror, and it's like, oh, J- oh, that Joshua, that's right. hilarious. Right. <laughs> but. <laughs> yes, yeah, a different kind of horror. Yes, that's okay. a real I am, horror. I am still, before we dive into 28 Days Later, I am curious about, like, the first film that you saw, that you knew was a horror film, and Ooh. you wanted to see it. If you remember. Oh. oh my gosh, that's a good question. <laughs> oh, that is a good one. That you remember one. being advertised or whatever, and you're like, I have to see that. I and that you were you knew officially you were into horror. Because I wasn't into horror as much. I wasn't written horror. Absolutely. Way Well bring that up. We could we could Stephen be literary. King, Stephen King was the start for a lot of things for okay. me. Salem's me lot yeah. fucking freaked me out so badly because I have a sibling. If you have siblings, it's difficult. With that whole struggle of your sibling being turned into a vampire and knocking on your fucking window at night. Yeah. Like, that's terrifying. Like, and you thought they were dead? Yeah. That's terrifying. Like, totally. And, and I was horrified by the idea of, since a lot of bad things had happened to me in my childhood, I was kind of, and the loneliness. Mm-hmm. I was horrified by the idea of buildings or places being able to absorb bad energy. Yeah. And put that energy back on so others. the shiny. The South yeah. itself. I mean, yeah. I was oh, living in definitely. the South, a place of, you know, pretty extremes. 
um, situation with slavery and uh, war. And I was living where there were battlefields really close to where I grew up. And the Trail of Tears started 20 minutes away from where I laid my head at night. Wow. Like, and all I could think of was there's just so much blood. Like, and, and knowing, and that was on top of knowing women, not yet being a feminist identified person, mm-hmm. but <laughs> realizing now I was never not feminist identified. <laughs> I just didn't know it yet. Uh, but, but before I knew, um, 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 exactly what to call myself. I knew women were getting murdered left and right. I felt every inch of American soil was bloody. Yeah. And so like the idea of, of, of the America itself being absorbed with all this bad energy and it never going away, being stored like a battery. Yeah. And then just shooting out like that book made me just, everything got bigger and bigger and bigger Salem's and bigger. Lot. Absolutely. Oh, it was Interview with the Vampire. Oh, okay. Sorry, I was like, it just occurred to me because that was another book where I had a, I actually had an existential crisis reading Anne Rice. And that's, not everyone can say that, but. Well, so did I, she, right? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> right. Vampire Lestat, when he yeah. is at the witch's place and his friend is, Nikki's losing his fucking mind as well. And there, he realizes, oh my God, there's nothing else out there. I might not exist. Yeah. And that's where I thought I had already believed that. But then I'm reading it in a book and I, and that realization of like, oh shit, there is nothing out there. Like I have enough ego that an awareness of my ego that I realized I might not exist, that everything I am, my experiences, all the shit I've been, there'll be no justice. There'll be no justice for the things that have happened to me and that happened to others. And that I have a very like strong sense of justice. I can lie. I can steal. I can do horrible things, but it doesn't mean I don't have a really strong sense of justice. Mm -hmm. My idea of what that means is different than some people's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you're talking about survival versus, you know, the, yeah, the blatant robbery, right? That we all the, live with every day. The robbery of human potential, <laughs> yeah. will be the thing on my casket if I get one. Like, like I said, if I'm ever going out, I'm taking as many of them with me. But it's like <laughs> that's my plan anyway. Yeah. Um. Honestly, I'm a sh- I'm a, I'm alive by pure spite. Like, and that's <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I refuse to let. Like, well, when it comes to ideation, which I've had multiple yeah, times yeah. in my life. So I think the thing uh, I was telling Jay about this, my friend Jay, that I think the thing that keeps me alive, that's kept me from ever doing it when I've come so close multiple times, whether through my own self-destruction or actually trying to hurt myself was through fuck them. Yeah. No fucking way. Like, and it wasn't about my friends will be sad. That's all there. All that's there. But the, the pervading thought is no fucking way. Yeah. I, and, and if I do go out, I'm taking as many with me as I can. I'm not going out like that. Yeah. And, and I'm like grateful for that. And I think some of it came from horror movies and it came, it's like when you see that hero finally realize I'm not just scared, I'm yeah. going to survive. Yeah. And I, I credit fiction for saving my life and nonfiction for giving me a direction. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But fiction saved my life. And horror was one of those things. I love that. That's really, that's a great, yeah. that's a great, um, Maybe that's the pull quote. Right. Yeah. Because I definitely identify. I mean, books were my first drug. Like going to the library was like a dealer, you know, to being able to take anything and knowing that there were worlds bigger than your own. Because when you live in a town of 2,000 people, 3,000 people, you don't realize there's a million around Mm -hmm. and then 2 million and 4 million and 100 million and a billion, you know, that there are so many other experiences and so many opportunities to be somebody else. So, Well, librarians um, are the first pushers that... uh, 
Definitely. that don't do anything but enhance your life. Absolutely. Yeah. Like oh, the, you like this? What about yes. this? Have you heard of this person? Yeah, absolutely. Give it to me in my left veins. Yes. Right veins. You can shoot me up in the eyeball, librarian, because right. that's what they did. They shot all that shit into my brain yeah. and they, they hugged me. Changed They hugged life. me with their attitude. Not the library never hugged me in actual life, mm. but they came up to me and they gave they me a chance me. to change I had, my I had life. I librarian hugs, but it's okay. I bet you did. <laughs> But I, I did get like knowing looks. Like it's yeah. funny when you see other readers, people who might feel trapped as well. I was choking from the day I moved back. To, I was born there. I was born in Dalton, Georgia. I left when I was two, moved out here, lived here till I was eight, moved out there. And, and moved since back the, to Georgia. The day I landed there till the day I left, I never realized I had a hand around my throat. Yeah. There was a little less oxygen. There was a little less everything when I was there. And yet yeah. I can't say it was a horrible experience here yeah. i would have ended up way worse because my mom had to work all the time yeah i was so isolated and alone i don't know what would have happened yeah. here hmm. nothing good that's interesting but I, I mean it's still you know that you had access to something you know this is why oh, we've yeah. got to keep public libraries around people so great yes. minds stay alive libraries uh. prince <laughs> prince one of my favorite and most influential performers in my sexual health mental health oh, nice. um and just jams just yeah. straight up jam health i like it um, Prince, <laughs> Prince actually was a major supporter of libraries yeah. and he gave money very quietly to keep one library open altogether, like, uh, like tens of thousands of dollars just cause he was like, Oh, uh, that's important. He had library cards from every city he played in. Yeah. He would go and get a library card. That's a lot heroes, of heroes, man. Yeah. Heroes. A lot of this, when it's all gone and liquidated, will go to libraries and literacy programs. That's and what all this I'm a hundred percent with you on that one. Right. <laughs> literacy is my main focus. So, um, I'm all right. keeping some of it though. Okay. Well, he doesn't, he'll be dead. He won't know. what. Yeah, we I won't know. Him. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So you're bequeathing we're it gonna, to me. We're going to go ahead now Us, and Joe. move into, thank you again, Laura, for sharing all oh, of no that. Problem. And, um, you know, um, that the I, the expansiveness we, it of, was way off. No, topic. it's all right. That we're talking about real life or we're talking That's about all. It's but context. So we'll and by the way, this is not zombies. Like I, I actually will argue the point that I do not believe twenty eight later is about zombies. And we can we could definitely talk about that. So we'll go ahead and move into twenty eight days later. Perfect. First thing is Joe's reaction. We Joe, always, we get Joe's I loved reaction. it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved yeah. it. Loved it. Loved it. Now this is the first time this morning when we watched it that you had seen it. From start to finish. one to the end. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it was great. Uh, well, I'm also like, you know, I love the genre. So I love, I love post-apocalyptic. We talked a lot to your point. We did talk a lot about, I kept saying zombie, 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 but we kept talking about yeah, that. So we'll, we'll, we'll go there. We'll go there in a minute, but yeah, I loved it. I mean, I, I already kind of had a feeling that I knew I was going to love it, but, um, I mean, right off the bat, fucking animal rights activists. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> Women play an interesting role in this film. And I actually watched it to this morning, this mm-hmm. afternoon, Joe. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 yeah, I, I, well, I, was, I a- was like, girl, are you, you gotta be the only smart one in those dudes. Nope. Nope. And she's the one who gets it. She's the one who started it. Well, that was a big impetus when you brought this up because, you know, we have been discussing a lot of, like, women in horror Mm -hmm. throughout the last year or how long we've been, you know, trying to, you know. So when you brought up, like, you know, the thoughts about, like, the women in it and, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I, of course, when I first saw the movie and you get to, like, that ending, of course, I always did think about that and think about, God, it must be really awful, but to to be a woman in the the post-apocalypse, you know, but I mean, and Mm -hmm. you see that in The Walking Dead, you see that Stephen King's you see the that stand is yes. terrifying. Yeah, it's horrifying. So I really love that that point. But so real quick for any of our listeners who have no fucking clue about Twenty Eight Days Later.
Theater. First of all, go fucking watch it. Stop listening to this. Go mm-hmm. watch it and come back. Uh, so it's about um, silly. Is it Cillian or I Killian? I think it's Killian. I Killian. say Killian. Killian Murphy wakes up. I don't up. care. He can suck me off anyway. Right. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Killian Murphy. He means that in the best way. I mean, of, of course. In the, best that's, way. That's in the most appropriate way. He means way. that in the finger his butthole also way. You know, yes. I wish that, like, okay, so, you know, we went to Midsummer Scream and, like, Robert Mukes, like, not only did his personal, like, not only did the, his, um, professional page like my post you know because i posted about meeting him that i thought he was cute and how Mm. hot he still was his personal facebook page he went and liked that post too so i'm like i really wish i would have said something while i was there not i don't think he's queer at all and i don't think anything but i think that he who are we talking about robert mukes from um house of thousand corpses he played rufus yeah yeah yeah. he's so fucking sexy and he's still really sexy and so when i i I felt really like (laughs) josh like i i was like trying to figure him out because he was this huge individual he kind of looked like doc the bounty hunter right yeah and joshua was like cream in his pants uh, he was trying so not to cute. freak out. I was. I read it now yeah. as like, oh my god, he, he really had a was. picture of himself shirtless, and that's really the one I wanted. But I did. I'm always afraid of making people uncomfortable in that way. Like I don't oh, know. Yeah. But I think he would have been totally fine. Like I said, both his pages, like his personal page, like where he's got pictures of his kids and shit, like the post and that. Right. So it's like I think you know. I'm sure that Killian Murphy would be perfectly honored. Have you seen Breakfast on Pluto? I don't <laughs> yes, think he would fantastic. give a shit. Yeah, like, such a good movie. I think he seems like I've seen a little bit of Peaky uh, Binders too, and I think yeah, yeah, he's yeah. he's pretty. I think he's a pretty good actor. And I don't think he'd give a shit. In fact, I think he'd he's, be complimented. Yeah, I think he's Irish. He would I think he'd be it. fine. So anyway, so these... He, he's buying a plane ticket right now, Joe. Right, I know. he's uh-huh. coming over. Uh, so, yeah, so the movie starts out in, in like, a lab. I'm going to be strapped there like that monkey in the first shot. I'm like... Yeah, waiting for oh, it. Waiting for Sexy. it. Sexy. Uh, waiting to just rip at his clothes well, off. They do yeah. lovingly like focus on that monkey's body as they, they go do. Up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of that monkey, he's trapped in the lab and he's been given a oh. a highly contagious uh, virus that induces like it incredible probably, rage. Probably like strips your amygdala or something. Yeah. Yeah. Just turns you into pure craving, pure hunger, pure, pure anger. Pure id, exactly. So and so that happens, and then 28 days later, as the title is, we wake up with Jim, that's the Killian Murphy's character who's been in a coma. He wakes up to a world that has been overrun by the infected. They don't use the word zombie. Like The Walking Dead doesn't use zombie. You don't find zombie in a lot of right. these movies. But well, he wakes up to nothing. Yeah, it's that's just the empty. Thing. It's he doesn't so even creepy. know. Yeah. That's what's scary. It should be terrifying. Like yeah. that if he that was a 15 minute film, it would be scary. Yeah. Yeah. Because he, he wakes up around. to nothing for the first like 10 or 15 minutes of that movie. Yeah, just walking and it's, around. And that would scare the shit out of me, yeah. you know, like so, and then the movie just follows him as he finds other survivors and slowly learns like, oh, the fucking world went to hell, you know, after I was, I think it's a bike accident that he has. Yeah, he's, a, it's he's in the, a messenger. It's in the alternative, like, endings and stuff where right. there's other scenes they don't really explain, but he's in some kind of accident and wakes up to a world that is now fucking gone, you know, right. completely devolved into, you know. I will make one point. They absolutely do explain it because he says he was on his bike. And on tr- this street and this street, and a driver came and hit him, and then he wakes up, and all this happening. So I do just slightly disagree. That oh, they, see, I thought they didn't. They explain actually it too well. explain it because oh, okay. he's talking I was to them to and figure says out, yeah. where he was at. Because we were watching, and I kept thinking like he didn't. It's, it's a British thing, dude. It's yeah, hard okay. to understand that shit unless you have the like. Well, uh, we were, we had the volume up, and yeah. then you know when you have the volume up for like the very intimate moments, yeah. and yeah. then all of a sudden, 
Well, exactly. It's all that movie. I won't lie. I don't think the sound is very no. good at all. Yeah. Um, that's what we so we wild. we had the same problem at our house. Um, mm. So we turned on the captions, and that does clarify mm. some of the things, like the joke, like the joke about the the lion and the giraffe. I saw that movie in the theater and didn't know what the fuck he was saying until I watched it later and had the closed caption on. And I was like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> See, I don't it's even, not a I lion. Don't it's a that. giraffe. I don't even think I got that. It's at the, when he first meets them and they're in that little um, cage thing mm-hmm. telling him what happened when he first meets Selena and Mark. And they're in the cage thing and it tells him what happened. And he tells this joke about a lion and a giraffe. I never caught that joke until hmm. I'd seen it like three times, I think. Fascinating. Yeah. Anyway, so... Well, I'll be watching it again later. So I know, right? Good. Wait, it's yeah, a good rewatcher. Correction Corner. I love to put it on because it's a great... It's a like one. It's got good atmosphere. I wait, Again, it was one I used to love to watch in Ohio when it was pouring rain. Mm. You know, I could do 28 Days Later, The Ring, Donnie Darko. Like, you know, I loved Ooh, all those. Donnie like, Darko. Yeah, yeah. Dark and rainy days. It was the perfect thing for that. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So then the movie just kind of goes on. Lots of horrible things happen. And so let's sort well, of... Well, I, I, can we start with... Yeah. Going to Jim's house. Yeah, let's dive right in wherever you first want. woman other than Selena. And by the way, Selena encountering Selena is a big deal because yeah. you realize she's Jesus. She's <laughs> she's fucking Jesus Christ to Jim because she's the only. He's confused by her, and but he's more confused by the situation than her. Um, but he seems perplexed by her reactions to things. Like, why are you so fucking like serious and like what the fuck is happening? But Selena has meds she knows how to kill things she knows what to do she knows how to survive she's the survivor she's the jesus of surviving touch her the hem of her skirt and live friend and i think like that becomes real fucking clear when mark gets bitten (laughs) and she fucking before he even changes she fucking hacks his head off and you're just like okay like, yeah, we have that conversation. That's something Jeff, tra- uh, the Sam Squanch, you know, sometimes tries to trap me by going, you know, if I t- if I turned into a zombie, you'd kill me, right? So that I wouldn't eat you. I'm like, yeah, I would. Like, uh-huh. you know, and he goes, you would? You would shoot me in the head? I'm like, uh, yeah. If yeah. you became a zombie and tried to eat my face. <laughs> Sorry, babe. Like, love you to death. So when that whole scene happens, I, and when I first saw it, I remember sitting, because I, I, I think I went to see this in the theater as well, um, sitting there going, Yes, that's, that's yeah. exactly what you'd fucking do. Yeah. Like, sorry, man, I really love you, and we've been together, but like, no, you're she gonna didn't turn, even waste you're her gonna rip my face off. I, yeah, but just to have, you know, yeah. that like, it was sorry. a woman. It was a woman yeah. who did that. It was, it was not a man. It's usually a man, and usually women are the sentimental characters yeah. who are like, oh no, like you can't do that. Like in almost every horror movie, the women it's hesitate. True. Yeah, and and yet you see men like just like foraging <laughs> ahead. And this time it was the smartest person in the room saying this infection passes within seconds. So fuck you, Mark. Tough luck. Sorry, man. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, man. And I just, I mean, like, I can't help but just read to like, you know, this is a, this is like a woman of color who, you know. Oh, yeah. This is a woman of color who's living in like, you know, Britain, uh, first of all. So already you can read XYZ. I mean, if this was America. And she predates Michonne like by. Yeah. I know. When she's walking with that machete a few times, you're like, Mm -hmm. that's Michonne all over it. Like, it's just. And it's Naomi Harris. Like. She's awesome. Yeah. She's a, she's great in everything that she does. I agree. I did want to look because I'm curious if the character of Michonne existed before right? or after. That's so funny. When I was watching it today, I wrote a note. I was taking notes as I watched it because I wanted to think about what I wanted to bring up. 
And I had put a note like Michonne, when, year, question mark, question mark. It was first issued in 2003. So this movie came out in 2002. So, so, hmm, so she existed before Michonne. And she's absolutely that kind of character. Oh, yeah. You know, who's like, I'm not here fucking around. You know, I think, well, we could talk later about the soldiers. But they, there's a great scene with her later with the, with the, um, the other girl. Um, Hannah, Hannah, where she's trying to get her to take the pills. Yes, and she's just. Oh like, yeah, I knew we'd talk about that. This is gonna That's fucking important. happen to you. Yeah, it's gonna really fucking suck. I don't want it to, but like, let's not like let's make you so you don't. Feel like, are you anything. trying to kill me? Like, no, I just don't want you to care. Like, which yeah. I guess I mean we can dive into that now because okay, so one of the first points when I when I called you up and I said, hey, I would really like you to come do this. We're gonna record a you know episode. I'd love you to come. And I said, what do you want to talk about? And you were like, twenty eight days later. I'm like, oh, awesome, great. Why? And you were like, because it sucks to be a fucking woman in the apocalypse and we need to have a conversation about that. That's and word for word what I said. Wow, something good like memory. That. But th- I actually wrote down what she said. Let me see. It's, um... <laughs> Hold on, I'll, I was I'll pull it I was out. here when he made the call, yeah. and he just lit up. Yeah, yeah. Was, I was like, "What? Yes, we'll talk about that." Um, oh my gosh, where'd it go? Uh, fear of women in a disaster. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Rape, slavery. I was just like writing as you yeah. were talking. I was just like writing shit down. Surviving is scary. It is. And so you know, obviously in the beginning, because she's such a badass and she's in control and she's right. like, throughout the whole thing. And then they're like, "Let's go find the soldiers," because clearly they're going to help. And us. she's she tries. She argues she against it. Yeah. She tries to say like, "How do we know?" Like that's not why she's arguing. Obviously, no, she's just, not prescient, but she is at the same time prescient because she's a woman of color who knows like you're not safe anywhere. Distrust. Yeah. yeah There's yeah, yeah. no safety. Not not really. Yeah. Like the only safety they found was with each other. And the only reason Hannah outvoted her is because Hannah was a fucking child. Yeah. She's actually a child. Yeah. Like, no, and that's true. forgotten. Like, when you're watching it at some point, you don't forget she's a child, but you kind of forget how young she actually is. Do, yeah, because she's having to, she's like, like, survive. She's, 13 years old. Yeah, and she's watching adults make choices where she's just like, I right. think we all need each other, so but let's She's right that. about that part. And that yeah. and, and she's the one that says that. Yeah. And that's, that's the one failure I wrote down. The one failing... Is when um, you see she doesn't succeed at shoving it all down, but you see you see um, Selena try to shove down her empathy because she sees it as a weakness, as slowing yeah. her down, and she tries to like say, well, we can't we can't be dragged down by these people. Yet she's shown nothing but empathy up to this point by even bothering to help Jim in the first place. Yeah, no, absolutely. By by not just saying, okay, we're gonna sleep and get out of here. She didn't say that. She's yeah. just like these people will slow us down, and that's a reasonable thing to bring up. Yeah, like you're talking about survival. And if you're talking as an individualist about survival, then you do think I will be slowed down. Yeah. Like, I like to think I'm awesome, but I have physical problems and, you know, and I'm not a small person. Like, I might not, you know, I might slow yeah. people down, but I have, I have nursing knowledge and medical and scientific knowledge that hopefully would be helpful. Oh, absolutely. You know, the, like yeah. practical knowledge, but that doesn't mean. Oh, I think all the time I'm completely useless in a, right. in a fucking, like, you I know. can sing. Yeah, you I know. can sing. We could talk. We're in danger now, girl. Right. <laughs> and I'm going to insist on carrying a guitar around, which is only going to cause more. And you could like, use you know, it to kill things. <laughs> this like, is true. Don't, it's been used in many movies to kill things. I, I always think that we were watching it today and I'm like, I, I feel like I would have been like, let's just fucking block the su- supermarket doors and just hang out here. I, dude, I thought the same thing. You know, I there's was like, like tons of stuff here. There's lights on, which was it. a total production goof, an editing goof. No. I was telling Jeff about it. I was like, I never noticed that before. Like, I watched it because I don't want to. I didn't want to notice that, I guess. I'm usually pretty good at going, oh, that was a fuck up. But well, did they have, because I remember no, ours dude. had emergency lights. No light. 
Yeah, but not for 30 days. Well, that's true. They wouldn't have lasted 30 that's days. That's true. So I was like, that was a production fuck up, but I don't care because I want to see the bounty. Like, And Danny Boyle, if he made that decision on purpose, made a good one. Yeah. Because when you see them in the store, you don't want to see them in a dark store waiting for zombies to crawl. Like, This was just exultant. That scene was just about being exultant. Yeah. He didn't throw zombies in there. What a reprieve from all the It was horror. a necessary reprieve. Yeah. Because you need those, you have to celebrate the little things. Like one of the things I love about Zombieland is that idea, but there's never a moment where they get to celebrate the little things. Really, that's true. Yeah, there's always like there's always a zombie that pops up in that movie. Yeah. Whereas this one, you got a reprieve, an actual reprieve. Yeah. Well, in this movie, it's so relentless. You know, it yes. just keeps on coming. And so there are some great moments. There's the moment where the soldier like runs, and then the zombie chases right yep. after, and it's a really funny thing because he's like ah. <laughs> and then the zombie comes in, or right. the infected comes. Jones, I think his name was. Yeah, yeah. but it's like it's a nice Your moment of like eggs. Go yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, dude, oh, you would know those eggs, eggs. were bad oh, so God, fast. So I thought the salt would cover it. I'm like, yeah, because salt just doesn't bring out. You're trash. Problems. But they have yeah, you need. Trash. That's kind of a necessary character because yeah. they all are like, we need a woman, even though there's no reason that she's gonna have any knowledge anymore. Right. Either those women are gonna have any knowledge of like, but it, it further pushes that like so that they're all willing to do anything and once again the insult that the the insult of sexism is that men can't really survive like they can be right. brutal they can yep. um they can hunker down and they, they can take slaves and, mm-hmm. yeah whether they're sex slaves or whatever right. they can they can take things from others mm-hmm. But they can't really create they can't really like and that's why they make fun of the one person on their group um that can yeah, and the sergeant. The sergeant. They make fun of the one person that that is slightly creative, that's slightly like not okay with the way things are going, because he thinks that the rest of the world is still happening, yeah. which is an important part, right? Because it clicks in Jim's head. Wait, what? Quarantine? Like, <laughs> what? This isn't the end of the world, you yeah. know? Like now they they're getting more information, which Selena didn't have. So that's, you know. No, absolutely. That's kind of something that's in The Walking Dead, too, where there's, like, rumors that, like, France is fine, that other parts of the world have cures. Have, I think it's America has and gone to shit. if you think shit. they wouldn't quarantine us, you're fucking crazy. No, absolutely. And that, the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And that's what um, uh, the World War Z, the yeah. book, is about. Because it's, like, some countries fucking shut down their borders right away and said, nope, fuck you. We are quarantined. We're not letting anybody in. We don't want this shit in yeah. our country. And they, and they survived and the people survived. And that's kind of, you know, yeah. what, what it is about. And it's, the, that's a, we need to, I would love to have that conversation. Um, that's when it's about the survival, like the decisions you make to survive. Yeah. To, uh, uh, what, like the, the greater good, I would be great to have a greater good conversation in, in, in the context of apocalypse. Yeah. It, it's interesting that, that you mentioned that about like, you know, how the, these men, like it's, it's an it's ironic because they they're it, it's it's the ultimate irony almost of like heteromasculinity where mm-hmm. it's like you have you you're completely useless you're you're driven to all of these things because you don't know how you don't know how to be creative you don't know right. how to it's it's that ultimate irony almost yeah because right. then you have um you know you need you need a woman and, and you're you're seeing a woman as like a completely like sexual reproductive thing but it's also you don't know how to, to ex- cook for you someone someone to to cook. you don't you. have any you don't know how to do Mother. any of that to express that emotional labor yeah like exactly th- like actual physical labor and slavery but also like emotional labor like who's going to remind us how to feel again yeah. 
Yeah. Like who's going to carry that weight? Because we we can't carry it ourselves. Because we haven't been able to, we haven't been allowed. We haven't taught to function, how to function. Yeah. No, but you're right. That is such a great point because yeah, men are taught their whole lives. Like we are all that's necessary. We're the best thing to be. And like the, the starting point for everything is like white male. Anything that differentiates is other, you know? And so when you're in those kind of situations and and, and 20 days later does paint that where it's like, Mm -hmm. they're all fucking useless. Like they can't feed themselves. They can't do anything, you know? All all they could do is brutal force. Yeah. Like they know how to shut themselves off from others and Mm -hmm. utilize brutal force. Yeah. That's not really an effective tool. It is an effective tool for surviving a post-apocalypse situation Mm -hmm. with infected people attacking you, but it's not the way to bring society forward. It's like, it's a survival technique alone. And then anytime you have like a white male who is, um, or, you know, some sort of, in, in any of those contexts where they have they have knowledge, it's always laced with some sort of queerness or it's Absolutely. laced with some sort of otherness. Yeah. They, um, I, I'm reminded in, I think it's season, it's season two or season, I think it's season three of Walking Dead where it's the guy with Andrea and he's the he has glasses yeah. and he's trying to like figure things out. You know, there's always some sort of queerness about the person, either whether explicitly queer or implied. Right. But yeah, that see that concept about like the frag- fragility of hetero- heteromasculinity Come, I was listening to a podcast with Dan Savage recently where he was just saying, like, I feel sorry for these people. Yeah. I feel sorry for them because they have no idea how to, they're, you know, they, they don't know how, they're always, they're constantly always being questioned. Their, their heterosexuality is always constantly being questioned. Mm-hmm. And because and because they always have to overperform, they are in this constant heightened state of like anxiety over right. everything because it's like I'm not being too, I'm not being straight enough, I'm not being this enough. So when you t- so coupled with that, you can form this argument like when it comes to the soldiers, where it's like they have no idea how to. And then you have like the leader who, um, uh, the the I forget yeah. his name, whatever his name is, Christopher Eccleston. Yeah, actor, exactly. But, yeah. The, West or the, something. The like ninth that. doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Don't. Don't say, don't you dare say that in this context. And then he, and he, you know, he, you have him there and he's just like, you know, I need, I need to control them. And the way that I'm going to control them is by promising them this. So he's also working it to his advantage. And Um, and he has a daughter too to like, it's not just about saving anything. That's the part. I don't think his perspective, it's about, I'm sorry. I'm mixing up people. Sorry. Sorry. It's about controlling them. It's like, they have desires and things that they want. Uh, they need to. They need to exert some kind of control over the world, and men are taught to do that by controlling women, and that's that's part of it. Like you can't like this. Like it's not just misogyny in the sense that they want to make women slaves, a la you know Handmaiden's Tale. Mm-hmm. They don't want. They don't just want your bodies to reproduce. They want to fuck you. They want to control you, take something away from you so that they gain something back. That's what that is about. And because they easily, and you know, and the thing about it too is that they easily could have done this with one of their own. They could have done this with Jones, who is obviously the weakest one. They made him wear the apron and make them food. They could have easily forced him into some sort of gang rape situation. Right. But it is the English and there is propriety, right? (laughs) Well, no, I mean... Well, I'm not for anybody being forced into... But but, you know know what I'm saying. But you're right, you're right. But who knows... Eventually that may have happened. knows if that had already happened like when people are in stressful situations they 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 need to control things the honestly one of the best versions i've ever seen by a male writer um is stephen king's the stand because you get a very clear that book is horrifying and it's funny because i had a 13 year old girl ask me if i thought she should read it recently and i'm like no i don't unless unless someone's talking to you about it i don't think you should read it by yourself 
because or unless there's someone that's willing to to like some discussion that you can have because yeah, I it read is, it without context. Me, know. I did as well, and it was it was very terrifying yeah. and painful for me because I was just like, so it doesn't matter. Like it's not. I read superhero comics, and I'm reading Stephen King, and one told me that I could supersede any situation, you know, like either with luck or radioactive stuff dumped on me, or you know, my <laughs> my mutant X gene oh being activated. Um, I was just Sorry, hit in Laura. the mouth by a man, Sorry. and now I'm going to kill him. She owns this podcast now. This is I own all the of this. Fight school with Laura and maybe uh, other people. If oh, she it's not them. fight school. It's fright right. school. You're right. So okay, I'm so my sorry. bad. I won't fist fight you then. I love you too much to fist fight you. I adore you. But um, but yeah, like it's a scary situation, and it's not just Selena. Selena, who's clearly an adult, and, you know, she's a pharmacist. She says she's a chemist, which is a pharmacist in America, and so she's a pharmacist. And thank God she has the drugs. That'd be the person I'd follow to the end of the fucking earth. Mm. If they if they look like they can handle themselves physically and they have drugs, I'm I'm right there with you. Like yeah. because to be honest, like the thought of trying to have not to survive it without having any drugs sounds fucking awful to me. <laughs> like terrible, especially as a nurse. It's like, no, you yeah. need something when they're in the camps, when they're in the camp mm-hmm. and they're having that whole thing about like, just give her a Valium, like yeah. let her, let her go see. like, she can have half of one. I'm just thinking like, give that's the per- whole thing. That's perfect. Like that's a whole, I love that conversation. Yeah. Cause it's like, you would it's let like, her well, live a little. Yeah. Let her live a little, let, let her literally live a little yeah. by right. giving her some sleep. And let's be honest. I would not sleep. I, I, I'm, I'm like a pretty, princess in the pee practically with my own bed can you imagine like i have to sleep on the ground like for months at a time i'd be i would need to be volumed out my ass every day Mm -hmm. just to be able to survive yeah you know like because i'm not used to being uncomfortable most of us aren't and though while you can learn it it takes a while to adjust like while humans are adaptable, we're not adaptable within within seconds. Yeah. So no. like, yeah. if someone with me had the means and not alcohol, because I don't want to, because if you wake up from volume, you might be a little fuzzy, but you can still function. If you wake up stone cold drunk, you ain't getting nothing done. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, and I know it's such a weird point, but it was the woman that was provided for sleep, the woman that provided for food, yeah, for Jim, like. Everything that was needed through the whole fucking thing was provided by women for the most part. And um, the hassles were provided by men. Yeah. The one time where they thought that they were saved. Yeah. You know, by these agents of the state, you, it's like, oh, they don't look like they're saved because there's a gun pointed near their heads. It's not pointed at them directly, but it's made very obvious. You're not in control of the situation. Why would you need guns if you knew they weren't infected? If your goal was altruistic. Right. Like, no, like they had it. He was wearing a gun clearly pointed with his hands on it. Yeah. Clearly pointed close enough to them that they knew that they weren't like the women, Selena anyway, had to look like I'm not safe. Yeah. You, you, you don't keep those people. You don't keep people around unless there's somehow, unless there's some sort of benefit for having them there. So, you know, with Selena, it's like, okay, we have these two extra bodies, but they have a car. They have all the supplies. They know where we're going. They've proven themselves in in same, in, in some sort of way. Mm -hmm. And, and with that, it's like then when you have it flipped onto when you get to the soldiers, it's like, well, no, they're the ones now in control. How can we keep them alive in order for us to get what it is that we want? So You're she's right. there calculating every single thing that's going on. And and again, it's like it comes from that kind of survivor mentality. Right. But it also comes it. That's also something that's deeply ingrained in, in people of color who had to who, you know, who have had to fight for every single thing that mm. they've been given, especially, yeah. you know, right. I mean, you know, as as quote unquote progressive 
as like Britain is, and you know, this is a woman who is well educated, who is has a, like, a job that's established in society. She still probably had to claw tooth and nail to get to exactly where she was, right? Mm-hmm. And so, she's still a woman, yeah. Like, and she's still a woman. She's a woman of color, and uh, you know, like the woman part notwithstanding because like it wouldn't matter it there were not just it was mostly white mm-hmm. like almost all white except for one black dude that was a like a infected person chained in the backyard yeah. maybe one other dude As i think pet, that was black. almost you know but that yeah. was it like there the, there it's not like it was like a, a huge representation of people of color at all in this movie yeah. totally and yeah, and yeah. most of them negative except for her yeah. so like um the interesting part was when they get there and she obviously knew she had lost control, which made her feel very uncomfortable. You could tell by her every bit of her body. And now she has something to protect. She has her family that, you know, this family she's chosen to protect. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she has Hannah who's young. And there's like, I, I, as a woman, like that's an adult myself, I would feel aggressively protective yeah. towards a younger woman than myself. And I would put myself in front of her every time I, if I could. Um, and that's what Selena does with trying to, drug her when it became obvious after West told them like what his goals are. But Jim, and I want to give Jim props here though, though women are my heroes in most movies. Jim runs out of the room when he hears this shit and it's like, we got to get out of here. You know, we got to get out of here. And he, he was in a no win situation. Yeah. He could have easily just went along with it, been horrified with himself and hated himself, which many men would have done. Many, many, many men mm-hmm. would have gone along with that shit and said, there's nothing I can do. To an extent, the sergeant did until it yes. was actually in front of his face. Right. Yeah. And the sergeant. But I don't think the sergeant would have been as would have felt as willing to go for it if Jim hadn't responded the way he did. He knew he yeah. had support then. Yeah. He was com- he himself was outnumbered cuz he could have tried to leave. Yeah. Like if he like that's my thing. Like if he really hated what they were doing, he was about survival too. Mm-hmm. And he stayed. Like so and and I'm I'm not giving, I'm totally giving him props for also standing up. But I don't think it was just to protect the women. I think part of it was he found the whole reasoning ridiculous. Yeah. Like, he's just like, this is ridiculous. Um, it's not how we're going to survive. No, absolutely. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and when they get to that hole. Right. Like, but then horrifying. Selena's reaction, um, and it's, it, it, their, their intent becomes clear from the beginning when they assault Selena and, you know, the sergeant gets the looks mm-hmm. and's like, go clean the bodies off the lawn. Yeah. You know, like you're like, you're aware that like there's been a sim- simmering tension here yeah, from absolutely. the beginning. And the only person, the only person in that whole place. And it goes into talking about military training and how you're not supposed to question officers, even in situations like this, people cling when they're out of, when they're in out of control circumstances, they cling to authority figures, even when authority figures are fucking clearly crazy. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't trust that. Anytime you have yeah. like a military context where something like this happens, where all lawlessness is completely is completely gone, I'm like, no, no, no. Either you're on the top and you're safe, yeah, or you're not. There's no accountability. Like it already feels like there's no accountability in this world, especially if you ask people in other countries who get raped and beaten by servicemen, and nothing ever happens or murdered by servicemen in other countries. So it's like I don't feel safe with the military. And I'm not saying every person would do any of these things. Mm-hmm. It's just more of they have gotten away with it and continue to get away with violence against women in other places. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you're a brown or not a, a not white woman, you don't get in trouble for doing horrible shit. No, absolutely. And it's like, yeah. why would I think when there's absolutely nobody watching <laughs> that, that that wouldn't still happen? 
I, I don't trust any man that I don't know. And I shouldn't. I've not been given any reason yeah, to do that. Yeah, there's zero. And yeah. just because you wear, you know, some fatigues and yeah, a couple no. of, you know, Like, I, I see a cop. When yeah. I see a cop I, or a military uniform, I see both. I, they're, they're interchangeable to me in those contexts. Mm-hmm. Um, though I do think they're very different things politically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, militaries tend to, like, move towards the people when there's, when there's struggle. Cops never do. They're, they're extensions of the state. But, but like, the military, like, can be a saving grace in certain situations when it's in, in extremes. Yeah. But in these movies, in these situations, they're not. They're always a force for control. Absolutely. And control. It, it's always a commentary on yeah. control. Because, and we're supposed to, the idea is that, you know, because intrinsically, because of who they are, because they sought to protect, you know, this idea, whatever, whatever, whatever. Right. That's why, that's why the trust is automatically there. Right. But in situations, and again, this is why post-apocalyptic, zombie, outbreak, all of these types of, th- this genre works for me so much because it's such an interesting thought experiment about like, mm-hmm. when all of that breaks down, what do we have? Right. We yeah. don't trust anybody you don't trust anybody um because you can't you can't even think about that like yeah. it, it, it's it's you know it, it's interesting because in uh one of the things that the um the, their leader says is you know like you obviously haven't gotten here because you d- didn't kill anybody who did right. you kill like he's and that's something that comes up in the walking dead too it's like how you know who did you kill how many have you killed how many right. like, you know why did and you how kill them? yeah how and yeah. why and you, we need to know because we also need to know what we're dealing with listen i mean i i I yeah, personally am very terrified because I think that we it's such a sheer veneer of civility that yeah. we're all living under. It's such an illusion. Because I mean, look at like fucking Black Friday. You know, I mean, we oh. will try to kill each other for a fucking television. You know, I mean, you see those pictures those photos of people just fucking stomping all over each other and screaming and fighting and pulling guns on each other now as we saw last, you know, holiday season for a fucking television i do not want to know what happens when the lights go out and the internet stops Dude, people working. trample each other when there's like emergency situations no like, very true and yeah, yeah. And under- that, that i get yeah a, a little bit more than right. voluntarily shopping right <laughs> it's it's kind of crazy but to me right. but yeah like all in all it's scary and the thing is i'm not exactly made that way there's people i wouldn't trust but the people i know i would trust yeah and um i know who knows how you guys would shift and change in a situation like that because you're like you can snap in those situations and you might do terrible things your justifications for things keep you alive yeah so and who knows what justifications you're gonna find that will keep you alive yeah so who knows how your friends and family react that's scarier that's that's a thought i don't delve into that much because i don't want to um because why be suspicious of what may never happen or what i might not need to know but but when it comes to like strangers fuck no i'm not gonna now i'd be twice as likely to be okay with a gay dude if i knew they were gay somehow <laughs> i'd be like okay maybe but gay dudes are still misogynist. Gay dudes still beat up women. Gay dudes still do horrible yeah, shit, you know? Absolutely. So like I, and what if that gay dude thought regardless of the fact that I'm gay, this is how I survive. You think that some of these raping, pillaging men's in these books are all straight? Fuck no, I don't think that. No. I think it becomes a mentality of survival. You don't want to be a quote unquote faggot on the road right. when a bunch of uh, fucking, um, adrenaline hyped up dudes are going around killing people and looking for people to hurt. Like why, why wouldn't you go back in the closet? Anything to stay other. Yeah. Yeah. And women, same thing. Like, well, we can't win either way. 
It doesn't matter if we're, <laughs> I'm a lesbian. You can't rape me. <laughs> you know, that obviously doesn't work for ha- no. like for centuries hasn't worked. So it's like, it's not like we can get away with it no matter what. Right. And so post-apocalyptic fiction, while it scares me, also fascinates me because I do believe like the part of me, the believer, that little tear of belief inside, you know, the never ending story, little, little like diamond tear <laughs> that I hold inside the me. Childlike empress. Yes. That's me. But, um, like the one hope I have is that people would learn to work together. And I think like yeah. in the, in the stand, that's the point. Yeah. They make it a good and evil thing with, which I think is ridiculous, but, um, I don't think it's, it's about con- good. And it's evil. a context that everybody yeah. can yes, plug it into. Is. Yeah. Well, and it's one that humans have a hard time getting out of yeah. thinking about, but, um, cause we do like, even I say evil, like yeah. rapists are evil. Well, what's evil? Like right. that's what do you actually, it's yeah, very yeah, yeah. clearly like specific to the person, <laughs> like what's evil. Cause some people like Brock Turner don't think it's evil to digitally rape a woman while she's unconscious. He doesn't think that's evil. He thinks I was just trying to get off on her clothes, you know, like, I mean, that, that's totally. yet, yeah. yet me as a woman surviving in this world and as someone who appreciates it's science, horrifying. Yeah. it's horrifying, but I also have to not just look at it as evil. I have to understand where it comes from. Yeah. And I get that point when you're saying that point, but it's like, it, it feels evil. It feels evil. I mean, I survived childhood sexual abuse. It feels evil. Yeah. Like that person I want to vilify, but I can't. And I hate that duality because there's part of me that's like, what made that person do those things? Of course. Yeah. yeah. You know, cause I want to understand that so that I can figure out how to stop that. Yeah. More than well, you I, live you in know. radical empathy, right? You know, which is kind of what sort I don't of like, like it. we define love by, you know, radical empathy, you know, right. the idea of like, you know, finding empathy and finding a way to connect with somebody no matter what, you know, when you're in the healthcare field, when you're in the mental health field, right. you know, when you're in those that you're encouraged to be that way, you know, you're encouraged, you know, to be a black nurse that's going to, you know, stitch up a KKK member. Cause that's what you have said you're going to do. You know, you're, you know, yeah. you want to be a therapist. You're going to listen to people talk about really horrifying things right. that you can't judge. You know, you're trying to help find right. that path, you know? So I, and I, I did, I have learned something though, as my life has moved forward. Um, I'm not that person anymore. I don't, I do think you should provide services for people, but the way it happens to me is the order is not always going to be in the most, um, medically necessary. If you're a KKK member who just like got burned because you were burning someone else and you had 90% burns and they had 10, I'm still going to treat them first, Ah, <laughs> you know, cause fuck well. you. Then you get treated like, but I think it's okay to do that too. I think it's okay to decide like, who's the victim here in this situation? Um, like that's me. And I've come to that point. And this is why I say I'm, I'm not trying to create a world that I deserve to live in (laughs) because I don't have the thinking of generations from now. I hope of people who would never think that way. Mm -hmm. Like I don't get to ever be what I want to be. Never. I mean, I've been from birth fucked up by society, by the things that have happened to me, by my own things I've done myself. I'm never going to be that person who can live in a perfect world and not be suspicious and not be scared. I'm not that. And I don't think any of us will get to be that. I know that's a depressing thing to say. Hey, like I said, I, if, you know, I have said time and time again, like I would have shot Merle to death in The Walking Dead Amen. the second he walked on the thing. Yep. You know, and that guy that was beating up Carol, yep. her husband, I would have killed him the second yep. he started that shit. Like, there's no room for you. No room. Sorry. And people, oh, that's fascist or what? You know, you have that like anti-fascism is suddenly fascist. You know, I'm yep. like, um, 
nope, not the same. If you're going to come around here and say, oh, women deserve to be it's sex like, slaves and black people are slaves. Like, I'm like, well, you know, there's like, no you room have for to you. Leave. Goodbye. You have to leave. <laughs> At the very least, you have to leave. You have to go find your own camp. And if you keep following us and putting us in danger, then we kill you. Yeah. Like, yeah, so you have I'm to kinda, go. I'm kind of, so I get where you're at with that. Yeah, I'm done with, so, I'm done. I, I have tons of empathy and I, I, in fact, it kills me how much I have, but I do have limits. I think it's okay to put it somewhere sometimes and say, my empathy is for everyone, but I prioritize people who don't cause pain more. Absolutely. And if you're living in the uh, post-apocalypse with the infected, then even more so, that's going to be true. So, um, very true. But yeah, they survive. And, and you know, there's two endings to that movie. There's more than that. There's like four different ones. I only saw two, um, in the theater, they showed both endings when Uh, I saw it here. And did you see both endings, Joe? No, I I read about them though because I watched the theatrically. I watched the theatrical Where version. They all usually, survive. yeah, usually we yeah. try to only play the um, theatrical version of a movie. Well, they actually showed both in the theater when I was there. Yeah, after the um, credits or something. Yes, yeah. and and in one of them, Jim survives and one he doesn't. Yeah, but the end is the same. And I thought that was interesting too. That the the two women, yeah, go on the to, two yeah. women go on. Like Jim dies, and Selena as a survivor keeps going on and so does Hannah yeah. and they, they make the hello sign. The only thing missing is Jim. And I'm not saying that it wouldn't be less for that for them, but I mean, it's, it's, it's this, I've had this roommate with my conversation with my roommate. I mean, and other, other women where women can survive. Like men tend to die without their partners more than women. Like when, when uh, like people have been married a long time and, yeah. and the wife dies, men don't live that much longer after sometimes. Yeah. You know, depending on how they die. I'm not talking about abusive situations, but like p- partners who actually respect and love each other or even don't. In fact, the men don't tend to live as long unless they remarry. Yeah. And it's like, whereas you see women surviving Absolutely. constantly and some women for 40, 50, 60 years after a beloved like child or husband has died. No, and, true. and it's like, I think women are, are excellent survivors and post-apocalyptic fiction that's good gives them a place to survive, like gives them like a voice and shows, shares their experiences. Now I'd love to read more female driven, which I think by the way, this one was yeah, it's very, very female driven. Um, it's funny. Like you're looking through the eyes of Jim, hapless Jim is how yeah. I think of him. Like kind of hapless Jim. He, pr- but I will give Jim this props at the end by himself and the help of one infected dude yeah. takes out Fucks a whole yeah. bunch of fucking military dudes. And I was like, Jim, I'm a little hard for you right now. Yeah. Just well, he's all bit. like wet and shirtless. Covered and he's in just, blood. And it's like he is one of the effect, infected, mm-hmm. but he's not. But he's behaving like oh, it. he's so infected he, with rage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, not yeah. not the virus. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that turned me on because I was like, that's, that's, that's what I... And he, he was... It wasn't revenge. He wasn't going for revenge. He was going to help his... The save, his yeah. people, yeah. and he didn't this give family. a fuck how it happened. Yeah, this family. He built. knew he was going to have to be brutal. He learned from Selena that you cannot hesitate, yeah. and he didn't. He would have. He never would have done that if he had he met them first, and then these women showed up later. Maybe. Yeah, you're right. He yeah, never yeah, would have yeah, done yeah. that because men yeah. tend to react more to women in a situation where they know them. Yes, I'll do these heroic things. Yeah, absolutely. And I was just like. Fuck, this movie is awesome. I forgot. Awesome. You know, it's just, you know, females are strong as hell, man. It's true. Bringing it down, bringing it down. Um, Joe, any other thoughts, stray thoughts, stray notes that you had? Uh, I was ready to watch uh, 28 Weeks Later, mm-hmm. uh, which I did right after this. And um, 
Um, it was very different. Like, yeah. you know, it tonally had, it is. Tonally, it's more names. Um, but I, I definitely preferred the original. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It yeah. also has like, you know, because we watched Saw. So it's it has that kind of music video-esque like cinematography right. that you have of that of that early 2000s period like yeah, uh, yeah a lot of, a lot of like <laughs> zoom zoom in and, and like, quick quick cuts yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely gritty yeah, it's, it's frenetic yeah, yeah. very Which, gritty yeah and it's meant to be i mean because you're on the edge of your yeah. seat you know yeah 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 Constantly, which I, yeah, I, I really like that. But then there are, again, we were reading something earlier about the moments of like beautiful intimacy, like with all mm-hmm. the horses. Oh, know? that was beautiful. And, or just moments where they're laughing when they're in the, like, you know, like you mentioned earlier in the supermarket and it's just, there, there is like a lightness, right. you know? Well, even the tunnel, which everybody's going, everyone's with Jim on that one. Yeah. You're like, this is fucking ridiculous. Like, are you really going in that tunnel? Come on now. Yeah. But, um, but when they do like the joyride, just for seconds, yeah. they have this like few seconds, 30 seconds of like, hilarity which is terror related hilarity like we've yeah. all had that I think when you go to a haunted house and you know you're going to be scared and yeah. your laughter is is hysterical almost because you're like <gasps> like waiting for the terror to like grab you and that's why like with Jim he you know he he's very pragmatic in that moment mm-hmm. um, but it's it's interesting like Danny Boyle had like he he did such a good job of giving you enough safety mm-hmm. to feel and to g- giving you enough safety in these moments where you can really connect with these characters mm-hmm. and then when all hell breaks loose you know you because you because you know it like you know that you're Absolutely. just waiting for mm-hmm. it to break loose the entire time and you know things about them before you get there even without them saying I'm Hannah I like this in school you, she doesn't have to talk about her life you know Hannah because she wants she thinks that people need to work together. Yeah. She loves her dad yeah. and her dad helped her survive. And she's not afraid to tell other humans. No. Yeah. She's not afraid to say, no, you can't come in here until I see my dad. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's hard. Like, especially with the way women are written yeah. and portrayed. It's like, Oh people, let me help you. Yeah. No, she's like, uh, where's dad? Yeah. You no, know, like she's very, very strong. Yeah. And I, but, but like when she takes the car and she's running towards them and then she does the side stop or whatever, like, and the cheeky look on her face and you're just like, okay, I'm getting to know these people. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. one of the reasons her dad can't stop like smiling even when she does crazy things and he lets her take half the pill. Like it's like, she's he gives had, her the man, the creme de man. Yeah. The the there's like, yeah. there's like an indulgence there. Um, it's like, well, everything's going to hell already. Yeah. Like, I, I've kept you alive. I'm a good parent. Because she's she's like a, a bold, brassy, sassy kid in her own way. Mm-hmm. And you get to see that come out more. And I think it's because Selena is around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you see this competent person and it's like, I'm safer and I can express more. And I just lost my mom. Like, she just yeah. lost her mom in a horrible way and is about to lose her dad. Absolutely. Uh, it's such a good movie with so many like layers and so many, you know, allegories. I mean, there's so much you can look into from, right. you know, the military control, you know, the control over women's bodies, the, the science's role in like God create, you know, create and be and playing God and what, you know, they, you know, yeah. Should be oh, doing, and there's human testing. Uh, it's funny because there's, it starts with animal testing, but when they're with the soldiers, there's human testing because they have somebody chained up and, and, I, uh, people cringed and I was like, actually, that's the first time it made sense. And I was like, no, it makes sense totally. to keep someone chained up to see what happens. But where they lost me was as soon as, as soon as I said that he starts with this whole speech about, I see he'll never grow things. I see he'll never blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Oh my God, you're dumb. Like there was no sign. I realized when you realize there's no science, it's cruelty. Yeah. Like, um, and that's where I was happens. disappointed. Cause like that's, it Doesn't was a message about a black faced. 
It doesn't help. Oh, it's, absolutely. It doesn't help it's a black body. Well, that's true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no. yeah. I'll see. He'll never. Uh, he'll. He'll never do these things that are like you know labor. Like he'll right. never br- make bread. He'll never grow crops. Right. He'll never do the labor that his body was intended for. In absolutely. His mind. Yeah. That yeah. I didn't. True. You know. I didn't exactly connect it that way. But wow. Thank you, Joe. You just arrowed through my mind. I just. I just have a visceral reaction anytime I see a black person in chains Chained on a, in absolutely. on in any like uh, media. So like when at, so when that happened, I you know obviously I was scared. But it's also like, huh, you know, here. Right. And then it's just, you can't also help, but like, you know, the, the infected, they don't have, like, if they're pure id, but you also can't just help that he's also acting on some sort of, you yeah. know, some sort of agenda. And There's memory and suffering. Right. The, and that's the thing that's not covered, though, is all these people are suffering. Like, they're still people. They're just infected and they're suffering. They may be doing horrible things, but they're, they're, they are victims. Yeah. And they're suffering. And that's what got me. Yeah. Because like, they're not undead. They yeah. don't get back up. They are infected. They starve to death. Like yeah. you see them starving on the road, right? Yeah. And that's like in the second movie, that's kind of the point is that a lot of them have starved off or whatever and they're starting to like release yeah. people. But it's like, that's that's horrifying to me. Zombies are one thing because they're dead. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, okay, they're dead. That sucks. That's sad, but, but they're, they're dead. But they're never going away. Yeah. That's the thing is that with zombies, they're never going away because how can you kill what can't die? Absolutely. Whereas these are humans that are going to die. And most of them that did survive to that point starved to death. And it's like, that's, that's horrifying. No, it is. You know, and, and, and they were quarantined off living and the, 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 all the living, whether with rage or not, were quarantined off. And that's the thing. Rage is a poison. It's a poison when we have, like, most of us are comprised. If you're mostly comprised with rage, it's a poison anyway. Yeah. That's the one thing I liked, and it does spread. Like, rage can spread. Absolutely. And and that, like, I don't know if that's the illusion, things, something they were alluding to, but it just, it struck me. Yeah. Like, rage is a poison, and it is a disease. And I'm not saying it's not useful and helpful, because I have it in me that's helped me survive this long, woot, right. woot. <laughs> but, but it's also, I also know the damage it does. And it's like interesting that rage as a disease, that concept of that, like not being able to ever not just be filled with it. Wow. I love that. I love that as a, um, a good, uh, place to, to stop because that is at the end, that's what this is about. You Mm -hmm. know, the whole thing is is the the rage that infects and kills everything. You know, we have to, we have to move beyond it. Once again, we have to move beyond it. Well, we thank you, as always, dear listener, for uh, joining us for another fun episode, uh, 28 Days Later. If you haven't seen it, definitely go and check it out. It's fantastic. Uh, 28 uh, Weeks Later is also, it's great, I mean, in its own way. I hope that they do make 28 Months Later. It's been rumored for several years, so we'll see. Um, Laura, again, thank you for being here. Thank I you do for hope having me. that you will come back and talk about other uh, scary movies Absolutely. with us. Absolutely. I love scary movies. Uh, Joe, are those wingdings on your shirt? What is happening? Um, <laughs> is it an emoji? I- I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what it is later. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, Joe is always my intrepid explorer here with me. <laughs> Thank you once again, thank Joshua. You for being thank you, here. Laura, for this. Yeah. I love you guys. This you was guys really fun. Great. So, all right. Well, uh, thanks again. We'll be back with another exciting episode next week. And good night, Churins. Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davy Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. Ha <laughs> ha!